This is the Koinos Community Church Podcast. Subscribe so that you can join us regularly as we look to find ways to close the gap between who we are and who God longs for us to be. Blessed are the peacemakers. Really? You ever met a peacemaker? Uh, you know, that is what Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, is that blessed are the peacemakers. He says a lot of other things in there that I'm like, mm, that doesn't sound right either. But, nevertheless, Christ says it, so I, I do believe it. But we've seen what happens to peacemakers, including Jesus. Peacemakers are often vilified for trying to see both sides of an argument. They try to reconcile opposing views. You know, in the culture we live in, it's been like this for a while. We like winners and losers. And peacemakers, they don't win. But the reason why Jesus can say, blessed are the peacemakers, is because God sees them. Paul, in Romans 14, says, let us then pursue what makes for peace and for mutual edification. Now, pursuing peace, making peace, is not a pleasant thing for us to do, but we are called to do it. My name is Andrew Carpenter. I've been gone for, well, I was here last week, but I didn't teach last week. I'm the pastor here at Coinos. You guys know that. However, it's great to be back. Um, Before we dive into this peacemaking, pursuing peace, uh, will you pray with me? Lord, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart will be pleasing in your sight and helpful to those who hear them. I pray that we will be like you, those who pursue peace. Amen. So a few weeks ago, we've been in this series called I've Got Something to Share. And so when we started, I kind of started with this this three-part thing that we kind of broke up because I was going to be gone. And Dave Hershey and Emily Hershey and Dan Van Mater did a great job of the last three weeks of teaching and leading us. Uh, I listened to all of it, whether I was here or not. I listened to the podcast. You guys could go back and listen to those podcasts. But the part that I wanted to share with you guys was this little section of Romans 14, 17. And I shared a lot of it last time. But there's this one place in there where it talks about where Paul, in his letter to the Romans, talks about the kingdom of God. And that's kind of a vague thing for us. We don't even live in a kingdom. We live in a country, you know, in Pennsylvania. We live in a commonwealth. But to be a part of the kingdom of God, it's where life flourishes. It's where righteousness, peace, and joy in the spirit are evident. That's what the kingdom is. According to Miroslav Volf and Matt Krosman, Peace is the substance of life going well. Sounds good. I'd kind of like a little bit of that. I like substance. That's a good word. And peace is a good word. Going well is always awesome. But peace is mentioned over 100 times in Christian scripture. There's a link with it for God because God is called the God of peace. The Lord is called the Lord of peace. The spirit is called the spirit of peace. So you have in kind of an orthodox Christian view of the Trinity, 
It's this peaceful God that we worship. In the Hebrew scripture, it's not just this mere sense of being a personal calm. You know, some of us like to meditate or do yoga or, I don't know, Pilates is not calming. But we do things to kind of get us kind of having it into a, in a, into a peaceful space. And there's a little bit to that in Hebrew scripture, but it's a lot more than that. It's harmony with God and with others. I'll slightly abridge what John Driver's words said. Wrote this, I don't know, 40 years ago. He says, according to the prophets, true peace reigned in Israel when justice or righteousness prevailed when the common welfare was assured, when people were treated with equality and respect, and when salvation flourished according to the social order determined by God in the covenant. That's what peace was. It wasn't just about me kind of having my namaste moment. It was everybody around me being in harmony together, not necessarily agreeing on everything, but having that sense of, I'm going to look out for you, and you're going to look out for me, and we're going to care for one another. And that's what it meant to them if they were pursuing it the way God wanted them to. Peace is what Paul and Jesus want to see happen among all people, not just the Jews. A few weeks ago when I talked about this, I talked about food and how the kingdom of God is not food and drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And they were fighting about food, and Paul was like, you guys are fighting. If you're going to fight about something, don't fight about that. And so when we pursue peace, when we see that this sense of, um, so, we, so we get a sense of, if we're going to talk about food and drink, sorry, it's been a couple weeks since I did this, so I'm totally off. Um, but the context for that is, okay, Paul was trying to help them see that you're fighting about stuff that you really shouldn't be fighting about. You're getting upset about something you shouldn't be getting upset about. And so let's make peace within this. So you guys do this, you guys do this, and don't judge each other for what you're doing. So Christ makes this sacrifice on the cross. He makes peacemaking possible through the cross. Rome is a peacekeeper. So back in the Roman Empire, Rome was the peacekeeper. We have something called the Pax Romana. And it's a different kind of peacemaking, keeping than what Jesus would ascribe to. The peace of Rome had to do with domination and control. And if you don't like what we're doing, then we're probably going to crush you. And that is peacekeeping. In our household, when our kids were younger, Carmen and I were decent peacekeepers. I'm not sure we always made peace. But the kids, we had a daughter and a son, and they would go at it pretty often. It rarely was like went to blows or anything like that. I'm not, I don't think so. A couple of times, maybe. But instead of like trying to work it out and talk about our feelings and those types of things, we're like, you go to your room, you go to your room. And so we made the peace, but we weren't, or we kept the peace. We didn't make the peace, sorry. So for our kids, oftentimes it's good to, kind of work through some things, talk about what's going on, deal with those types of things, see who's right or wrong or how we can see the other person's side. And that's peacekeeping or peacemaking. But oftentimes what we did was we just kept the peace. I wanted to be quiet in the house or Carmen wanted the kids to 
go someplace else or whatever it was that we were trying to do. And so there's two things. There's keeping and there's making. And what Jesus calls us to is to make peace. And through his death, through his life, death, and resurrection, he makes it possible for us to be peacemakers, for us to pursue peace. He conquered death and he showed us how to live. He demonstrated various ways he handled conflict. And so it wasn't just one thing that he did. And it's not one thing for each of us as well. So he showed us how to do this by, because he's the Prince of Peace, we don't call him that for nothing. Sometimes he would avoid a conflict. We've we've heard stories where the crowd was kind of pressing in on him and he all of a sudden disappeared from that crowd because they wanted to do something either good or bad. And he's just like, I'm not going to have anything to do with this right now. And he avoided that conflict. There's another time when uh, he would uh, he would take it on. He would take conflict head on and say, you brood of vipers or you're doing the... He would be confrontational in his approach to making peace. And then there's other times when he would see it... That, there would be a dispute between two parties, and he'd show them that they were both were wrong. I want to look at one example out of Luke's gospel in chapter 12 that demonstrates this. There's these two brothers. We only hear from one of them, but I'm guessing there's two because it's a story. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But he, being Jesus, said to him, Friend, who sent me to judge, to be a judge or arbiter for you? And he said to them, Take care, be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist in the substance of possessions. So he tells this parable after this about greed and what happens, and it's a warning for them. Both we're all kind of like we're kind of like this guy. We want Jesus or God or whoever to take our side. And Jesus kind of blows that up. It says, you're thinking about the wrong stuff. You're pursuing the wrong things. And Jesus doesn't always choose a side. We see in scripture that sometimes God does choose sides. He chooses sides of the people that are poor or oppressed or are being um, left behind. But he doesn't always pursue the side of the people who think they're right or more powerful or are more articulate or can just do it in a better way than we think we might be able to do it. Instead, he often exposes the futility in our striving. When we think we're right, Jesus shows us you're chasing after the wrong thing. Why do you want what you want? Might be the question he asked the young man or the person who asked for the inheritance to be split with him. He says, to what end? Is that going to really make you happy? Does it make things better for others? Or does it just make things good for me? And so as we pursue peace, we have to take those things into mind. To pursue what makes for peace and builds others up is loyalty to Jesus and his ways. We're often, I'm a six on the Enneagram. I don't know if any of you guys know about that, but I'm a six, so I'm pretty loyal I'm going to stick with it. I might go down with the ship, and that's just kind of how I am. Um, But that loyalty only goes to a point. But our loyalty to Jesus will, our loyalty to Jesus is what we can make 
peace with. Um, in my last message, I talked about this conflict the church in Rome was having. They were judging each other and putting each other's down, putting up barriers. Barriers. They were more loyal to being Jewish or more loyal to being Gentile than they were being loyal to being to being followers of Jesus Christ. And so Paul gave them the sense of, you guys are thinking about this in the wrong way. Because Jesus, through the cross, had torn all those barriers down. Now the church should be a laboratory and a proving ground for how we live in the wider community. And so that's why Paul tells the people... You were to pursue peace. You were to do it for the mutual building up or the mutual edification of, the, of your church, of the people that you're following Christ with. It's a lab. It's a proving ground. Because we could go out in the streets and try to make peace. But if we can't make peace within other followers of Christ, then we're going to be lost. We're not going to be able to make it happen. Peacemaking starts with us. And it's going to take these times for us to, to repent and to lament and reflect. Sometimes we need to repent of the things that we've been striving after, the things that we've been greedy for, the, the, the outward reflection of what we think church should be. Maybe we lament what was in the past and lament the, the moments we missed opportunities to make peace. Instead, we kept the peace. Maybe we have to reflect on how can we move forward and be peacemakers in our homes, in our, job, in our jobs, where we play, and where we live, in our neighborhoods. Like I said earlier, peacemaking is not always pleasant. It's rarely pleasant. It's hard work. We have to take a hard look at ourselves. When you don't choose a side in a false dichotomy, both sides will reject you. So when you don't pick sides in this false sense of these guys are right and these guys are right, and really neither one of them are right, if you pick a side, you're going to lose. If you don't pick a side, both of those sides will reject you. Peacemaking can be isolating. It could be lonely. It could be thankless. You just look at Jesus' life. You see it in the way he cried over Jerusalem um, right before he was to go to the cross. You see it in the frustration that he has with his disciples over and over again. It's thankless, it's isolating, and it's lonely. But together, we can learn to make peace. And in September, we're starting a new series called Peaceful Practices. Because it doesn't come naturally. I told you about Carmen and me. We're, I mean, we're parents. We've done it for a long time. We still don't handle conflict with our kids super well. We do a pretty good job of it interpersonally. But it doesn't come natural for most of us. Some of us are actually pretty good peacekeepers, but very few of us are actually good at making peace. And so we have to practice. We each handle conflict differently. We like choosing sides. We like, some of us like winning arguments. And some of us, when conflict happens, like to run and hide. The series that we're going to be in is going to be interactive. We're going to get a chance to dialogue. We're going to get a chance, some of us will get a chance to kind of role play some different ways 
that we can talk through our differences. And if anything, we need those types of practices right now. It's going to give us an opportunity to see ourselves and see other people more clearly. So when Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, he said the same of the mourners. He said the same of the persecuted and the poor. And on the surface, it doesn't look true, but we can believe it because in the midst of that, God sees us, ordinary people like you and me, who desire to live, as Paul said, in that kingdom of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Will you pray with me? God, I pray as our worship team comes back up to lead us in a last song, Lord, that you will give us a desire for peace in all of our relationships and that we will look to your life and your teaching, and your love to be those who pursue peace. It's in your name I pray. Thanks for listening to the Koinos Podcast. If you like what you hear, like, subscribe, and share it. You can connect with us on Instagram and Facebook at CC and on YouTube at Koinos Community Church. Until next time, be well, do good, and love others.